The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Welcome back to a brand new episode of Rip and Rock. We got six. It's coming at you. That's it's not five. You put up the five right there. Uh, the finger. Oh, you got go. the index finger. I but, missed that. But you're right. No, I didn't put it. Episode up six coming your way. We were talking a lot about the Orioles and their sweep over the Kansas City Royals. It's all right to beat up on the bad teams and break out the broom sometimes. The Orioles struggle to do that sometimes in years past. Pretty good at it this season. So the O's sweep the Royals. A big 11-3 win on Sunday. Gunnar Henderson is just absolutely mashing as of late. Don't let Gunnar get hot because he has been on fire. I don't know what's gotten into him, but it's a good thing. And he's making a definite push for the AL Rookie of the Year. Cole Irvin, he is back. First MLB start since April 13th. It was a successful one. Struggled to locate pitches. Not the case in Saturday's start, and that's what you'd like to see if you're the Orioles. Uh, Rip, you want to take it from here? You want to speak a little bit on this podcast? Not really. Just kidding. How's everyone doing? Thank you for tuning in again and that's putting part, up with Rocco. It's not part of the rundown. Well, continue. Back, okay. Anyway, uh, we're going to go down to the farm rock and just talk about there's one player in particular I think you guys need to, to, to know more about. You probably do, but if you don't, you're going to learn this episode. Uh, Rips Tips is back. And for all parents out there, the topic's going to be remember when your kids are starting off with baseball or in any sport in general. It's about the kids. And uh, then for fun, we're going to talk about some uh, some top home run moments. The Rock. ones that we remember. Yes. Thank you for The ones clarifying. that we remember in person watching because there are a lot of iconic home runs over the years, but I wasn't alive in 1976. Yeah. I don't think you are either. Yeah, no. Unless you're lying about your age. Last time I checked, I wasn't. But that's cool. I will say a lot. Of, there's a lot of moments there. It's a fun topic. We could probably go on for hours about that. But yeah, is that good enough for the rundown on my side? Then we're going to look ahead to the next series with the I Blue blew it. Okay. That's why that? I'm here, buddy. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm here. So let's start with the Royals sweep. The Orioles, they take care of business against KC. If it wasn't for the Oakland A's, the Royals would be the worst team in baseball. And that's a fact. But the O's, they took care of business regardless. Three big wins. They get a sweep, boost of confidence going into a big divisional series against the Blue Jays. And on Sunday, their biggest win of the year as far as margins go. 11-3, eight-run win. Gunnar Henderson is absolutely mashing. Guys that were picked up this season and the offseason, they're playing well. I mean, it's like Mike Elias knows what he's doing. Am I right? Yeah, some would say that the GM knows what he's doing with the team. He's doing some good GM stuff. And look, it's not going to be perfect. Everyone's always going to have an opinion about what's going on. But the Orioles now are 41-24. and 24. 
And yes, there's going to be ups and downs of the season. And I think everyone was panicking about the offense and what's happening. They've lost some series previously. Well, guess what? That's the Orioles are going to lose more series. They're going to have down moments, but rock. It's really how quickly can they bounce back? And they bounced back and took care of business in front of an electric crowd. I feel like everyone who went to the games this weekend were just, it was just buzzing. It's night and day from the series against Milwaukee, and that's okay. Milwaukee's one of the better teams in baseball. The Royals are not, so that's expected. But in years past, it would be like, all right, the Orioles are going to compete with the Brewers and then play down to the next team's level. It's at the bottom of the barrel in Major League Baseball, and that was just not the case. So they go and lose two or three on the road against Milwaukee. Uh, they come back to Camden Yards with a 500 record on that road trip, and they take care of business against the Royals. Pitching matchups, Keegan Aiken, or uh, sorry, Tyler Wells got the win in game one, and you had said it on Sports Unlimited. You'd said it in this podcast before. This guy could potentially be an all-star for the O's for the representative or one of them this season. He's been pitching lights out. Another great outing from him in that one, picking up the win. Then that second game, Cole Irvin comes up. He gets a much-needed win, much-needed boost of confidence. Game three, Kyle Gibson takes care of business. And he has been this team's ace, I think, this season. You say it's Tyler Wells. I like Kyle Gibson as well. I think they could be 1A, 1B. But Gibson's 8-3 and three right now. And he is, I mean, he had his struggles in years past. In Philadelphia, that's a tough place to play. He's found new life in Baltimore, and a lot of these guys that the O's are bringing over, they're doing the same, and it's really cool to see. Oh, yeah, it's tremendous, and I think it just shows you a lot that sometimes a fresh start is the best thing for you. I mean, look at Aaron Hicks right now. I was just about to say that. Well, I beat you to it. But, hey, we're we're starting to get more on track with that. Team chemistry plus 100. Yeah, it just took to the sixth episode to get there. But the point being... All these guys, it, I guess the point is it's not always going to work out in different places. I mean, I think we can relate when you're in whatever environment you're in sometimes where you feel like things are going wrong and it's hard to figure out why they're going wrong. You might understand why it's going wrong, but it just, it just you feel stuck, right? So Aaron Hicks was a guy, the New York media was roasting him. He was having struggles over the years. Tough place to play as well. I talked about play. Philly. New York might be the toughest place to play media-wise. Exactly. And then sometimes you just need that breath of fresh air going somewhere else and it can kind of revitalize you and you can figure things out. Unfortunately for the Orioles in, in years past, they've let like some pitchers for the Orioles that turned out to have really successful careers outside of Baltimore. Jake Arrieta, Kevin Gosman on the Blue Jays. And then for the Orioles though now, because we'll go to the positives, those are the ones that I know people uh, feel a little bit triggered by Rock because you think about what could have been for two players, Jake Arrieta, Cy Young Award winner and winning uh, World Series. Kevin Gosman, for those that don't know, is now on the Blue Jays and really is actually in the Cy Young uh, discussion because he, I think he's up there at the top in the leaderboards for strikeouts. Like He's really bringing it. But point being, Tyler Wells, Rule 5 guy, comes to the Orioles, best season so far. Kyle Gibson, coming to a young team, to your point, had his struggles in Philly. He just looks like he's enjoying himself. And we already mentioned Aaron Hicks. So there's just so many things. Oh, and by the way, Felix Batista got released in his career. How about that? He was released in 2015 in the minor leagues by the Marlins, and he is arguably the best closer in baseball. Dude, yeah, he's killing it. And just watching him just whiz pitches by batters like 101, 102, 100, and he's just dropping them in there, throwing darts. Like, my goodness, I can't even imagine. First of all, his size makes him intimidating 
just off that. And then he's throwing 100, 102. Like, imagine having to stare that guy down into his eyes and face him in an at-bat. Like, he's like, I would not want to be up there sitting in that batter's box just waiting for the, for those fastballs to come my way. Oh, yeah, especially if you don't know him either and you don't know what he's thinking. And that's really what you don't know what he's thinking. But you know what the crazy thing is, and I told, I, I've told some people this, but I'm going to share it for all of our listeners out there. Everyone was worried initially of what was wrong with Felix. Uh, there was nothing wrong with him. He just he blew a couple saves. Some of them, was one was the Ryan McKenna drop ball. Another one was extra innings. So if he blew two or three saves and they're coming in situations that are not necessarily all on him, but, but the point was Felix Batista is one of those guys where he can miss right down the middle, but because he has so much hop on his fastball, because of the way it's coming in, he can miss at 100 down the middle. Perfect pitch like location-wise for a hitter, who doesn't want a fastball right middle-middle, but not if it's Felix Batista, and guys are barely getting the bats on it. Because it's it's moving. It, it, it's, it's, it's imagine moving. this, Rock. It's coming right at you. Yep. You think it's going to come maybe right at your belt, yeah. and then it's rising up, and it's almost feeling like it's going to get your like your upper torso. So you're swinging stomach. under it. You think, yeah. you're, you think you're swinging at one spot, and you're not. Or you think that you're seeing it really well, and the ball's so heavy, and you're late. Yeah. So that's the point is Felix then started throwing that and then his splitter, uh, he can pitch off of that because it comes out of his hand the same exact way as his fastball and you can't touch it. I went on a Felix rant there or like, sorry, uh, no, that's Felix, okay. some Felix love, but I want people to get context. Not many players can say, you know what pitches I'm probably going to throw and I can give you a pitch over the plate and you are still not going to hit it. And that's what Felix is doing right Dude, now. We, we talk about like the new life, like you brought up Aaron Hicks, Elias. I do not think he's getting the credit he deserves for the moves he's made with the money that the Orioles have or don't have. You bring over Frazier. He's been really good for this ball club. He's got seven home runs. Ryan O'Hearn just had a big game today. Yes, he did. <laughs> I mean, those are, again, you're fine. Gibson, you bring over. Yenier Cano, you got in that trade last season. And again, these are some These are some guys that are really helping this ball club out right now, and they're not stars per se you know Adam Frazier was a star what last season or in 2021 I believe it was last 2021 season. is an all-star yeah, sorry yeah. Well, it might have been 2021 yeah but, but, but former three, all-star but mm-hmm. like these guys aren't like the best players on their team and Elias is just picking them out and saying here you'd fit great on this ball club you'd fit great with us a clubhouse guy whether whether it's in the clubhouse on the field how they lead how they play these moves are really paying off for the Orioles. And I'm serious, like, got to give Elias his flowers right now because he's doing a phenomenal job. He is, and it's, it's a combination of Elias, Elias and, and, and uh, Sig and the rest of the front office that are evaluating talent. And then it's the Scou- other thing. Yeah, scouts as well. It, it's the whole scout. It's, yep. it's the whole group. And the other part is it's a credit still to these players and these coaches for finding the things and, and making these adjustments. I mean, Ryan O'Hearn, which is so cool, for those that don't know, huge day today. I think he reached base five times today, went three I think for three. he had three for three, four runs, and then he had and, that homer as well, right? And two yeah. walks. He's hitting 328 on the season, and he's got, he's, it's a smaller sample size, right? He's in only in all right, yeah. 64-ish at-bats, I think. For his career so far, he has over 1,000 at-bats in the big leagues. He's a career 226 hitter. And that's no knock to anything because baseball is the hardest thing. Hitting baseball is the hardest thing to do, and I can go off on a tangent about that for a very long time. But Ryan O'Hearn right now is hitting 328 through his 24, 25 games with the Orioles. And I'm not saying he's going to sustain that because 
that's that's elite, elite, elite to be hitting that high. But the point is, Ryan O'Hearn has made some adjustments, and it's not only helping him and, and to further progress his career, he's helping the Orioles win games. And that's what so many of these players are doing so far in this Royals series was just a great way of just reminding people, yes, I know everyone's worried about the offense, but these guys can do more than they get credit for. No, I agree. And with O'Hearn, that was just the day he had was huge. The way he's playing is big. And with Mountcastle out the past two days due to illness, you need guys to step up in those situations, even if it's for a game or two, and he's doing his job. And you got to love that if you're Brandon Hyde, if you're Mike Elias, who made that move to get him and looking at what he's doing now. I mean, it's, it's definitely paying off. Like I said, I know we're not even halfway through the season right now, but looking at this team, looking at the way they're winning games, new guys, old guys stepping up at any given time. I'm saying old guys that were, you know, returning guys on the team. It's big. It is, it is absolutely big. Yeah, you know, you know, I was thinking I got to go back and look because I had that note about when the Orioles won the, the AL East in 2014, I believe is the, and people can fact check on me. You know how many wins that they had, I think, through June, Rock? How many? I don't th- I got to go back and look, but I don't think it was more than 44. And the Orioles right now are at 41 wins. They're already ahead of schedule. A and, month and ahead of schedule from last season as well. And it's June 11th. Yeah. So the point is, they might have honestly only won 41 games, but the point is, what we're seeing from this team is, is something special. And, and to the last thing I'll point out, and I don't want people to worry about this, like the Brewers series, you mentioned it, good team. If you really look at it from this perspective, you need to beat the teams you're supposed to beat. The Orioles were supposed to beat the Royals, and they did. They could have taken the series. Two of three would have been fine. But you took advantage of the situation. You you beat down a team that's not playing good baseball, and you take all three. When you play the teams that are very good and stay maybe 500 ball, maybe lose some games, that's okay. If you can be competitive against those teams, and then find a way to take care of business against the not-so-good teams, you still have a chance to be extremely good. And the Orioles are doing not only that, they're competing with the really good teams as well. And that's what they need to be doing. And when guys like Gunnar Henderson start to find their groove like he has, don't let Gunnar get hot. The league's letting Gunnar get hot right now. Yeah, he's. Uh, I think he's 10 for his last 19 with three home runs. Do you have it all down right there? Well, I have what he's done since the beginning of June. Oh, well, 450 or 458 average, 1.480 OPS, four home runs. He has three home runs in the last four games. He is mashing, including that tank on Sunday that traveled to Utah Street. And it's the longest in game home run that has hit Utah Street, bounced and hit the warehouse in Camden Yards history. Obviously, you have the Ken Griffey Jr. home run that hit off the warehouse, but that was in the Derby. Yeah, in the Derby, and you're you're trying your hardest to do that. That's the ultimate goal there. And you're getting meatballs down the plate. I don't know if that's easier or harder to hit, but like... Home run, that'll be for a different time. Home run derbies are, are actually a hard thing to do when you have the pressure on, but still, uh, to, to what Gunner did was nothing short of just mesmerizing and, and and again, you know, I I apologize to Orioles fans. You know, I was just so <laughs> wrong about Gunner. You know, I just I thought he'd be better. Do you think people can sense the sarcasm in your voice? Well, if not, they can check out the tweet because I don't know Get why for a second. And again, I am not 
if you've watched Gunner, and maybe that's just why I'm so gun ho on him and, and just believe in him and have the utmost confidence that he is going to be an MVP in the next five years because of what you're seeing. When he is on, I would take any third baseman moving forward. Honestly, to me, there's no other third baseman in baseball that I want moving forward. Dude, I don't know if it's the cut, little haircut he got. I don't know if it's just something clicked or a flitch or a switch flipped. Sorry, little word mashup there. Yeah, word jumble. But you could see that he's got a swagger back that he did last season when he only played half the season with the team. He's got the swagger. He's more confident on the base paths. Yeah, he's got he's gotten thrown out a few times, but you could tell, man, he's trying to take bags. The way he's hitting the ball, the way he's approaching each at bat, something's changed in a good way. Well, and I this mean, is the Gunnar Henderson we expected to get in 2023. Yeah, and I mean, it's and it's for me, if you can believe it or not, it's only going to get better. You know, and I think with Gunnar, we got to remember, this is why it takes time. Like, even greatness in players does not just happen immediately. And for Gunnar, imagine being put put under so much pressure initially. Not that, you know, he gets it. Like, he can handle all of it. But at 21 years old and everyone has all these lofty aspirations, can't miss prospect, which he is that guy. But that's a lot. And you're not going to figure it all out initially. And he was still doing some good things, but it was overlooked because people thought his quote-unquote numbers would be better offensively. You know when I actually, though, Rock looked and saw him like, you know what, Gunner, he's like, he's ready. He's back. Like, he, like it was the Milwaukee series. I know he had the home run against San Fran. It was a big one. That was an awesome swing, and everyone could say it could be that moment. But go back and watch the video. We'll even probably pull this up and maybe put this out there at a different point. Gunner's home run the eighth inning. I think it was the eighth inning in that game against Milwaukee. That ball was about six inches off the plate. And not a bad pitch by, uh, I forget who was throwing for the Brewers, but Gunner, without thinking, no hesitation, swings at a pitch six inches off the plate and hits it out to left field. So first off, Gunner has the most opposite field power I have ever seen in my life. It is ridiculous juice. It's off Strelacki. Strelacki. And I might have butchered that I name, I might have too. butchered yeah. his name, too. There's a, of, now, there's a Z in there. There's CKI. Brown cow. Yeah. Um, Strzlecki? Yeah. U- unique New York. Yeah. Uh, one of those. But for Gunner, that pitch right there, that was six inches off the plate, and without any hesitation, he drives that ball out. That, to me, I went, that's the Gunner I know, because earlier in the season, he took some of those pitches, or he was missing them. And again, when you are so hot and you feel good, it doesn't matter if the pitch is a ball, strike, high, low. You are so locked in feeling good. And when I saw that, I go, oh, dude, the dude's back. Because I'll tell you what, not many players also can hit a ball where that's pitched and do what Gunner did. There, there is only, I don't, there's probably less than 10 players in, in Major League Baseball that can do what Gunner just did. And now you're seeing it. And also, when he's feeling really good, he can park one onto Utah Street. I think watching him round the bases and when he touches home, and he's so fired up. Like you could tell the confidence is there, man. He's not stepping on home and just walking to the dugout. Like he is fired up and he knows he's like, 
I feel like it's him saying, like, I'm back. Like, I'm here. And he's young. He's probably not going to say that. Nope. Seems like a real quiet, like, easygoing guy, like, off the field. But in his head, he's like, I'm back. Like, this is me. Like, you know what in, I love? In, your, in your occupation for everyone out there. Like, you know, for me, it's like, I know when I have a good show. For people out there, you know when you have a good day of work. You leave work. You got a smile on your face, windows down. If it's nice out, you're pumping your fists like, I just did that. We've all done it before. And for those of you that, that haven't, might want to you know, find a new job. Like I'm not, I'm not taking knocks at you, but that's like, find a new job where you can be good at it. <laughs> like, no, you're hitting your stride. But no, it's like, it's like, I did that and I feel good and you're exuding that confidence and that's what you need. And some people might say, not with Gunner, but it might come off as cockiness. And that's that's a conversation for another day because I see I see players that fans view as cocky. And I'm like, no, that guy, that guy or woman is confident right now because yeah. they're they're feeling themselves in a good way. And and that's how I feel like Gunner is right now. Yeah, and you and you have to in professional sports, always, even when things are going wrong. And this is isn't sports, it's anything in life. You gotta believe in yourself. Because if you don't, one, it's going to show, and two, you're not going to be, to me, you won't reach the potential that you can get to. And again, I'm speaking from someone where when I played, I always had these certain doubts, and I sometimes let that affect my play on the field. And whether it's expectations with my name, with trying to prove people wrong, can I really do Like, you can have the doubts of like, oh, I don't know, like, can I do this? Like, that's normal. But when you start having it affect then your performance, that's where it becomes a problem. But for Gunner, what I'll say the whole time, that's why I never doubted him, is because of that makeup that he has. I've watched him. He gets so ticked off when he's not performing, and then he will do anything possible to get back to it. And, and during all of it, he believes that he's going to. He never once thinks that he isn't good enough, and that's, and that's towing the line. He's not... Trying to, he's not cocky at all, but he believes he knows what he's capable of, and you are seeing it out in full force. And also, he's become a real clutch player too. Rock these home runs, they're late in the games. This home run tonight was the seventh inning, or today as we're shooting this on Sunday is a day game. I think it was a seventh inning blast. Home run in San Francisco puts them ahead. In Milwaukee, puts them ahead. Two run double in New York puts the O's ahead. So my point being. Gunner is just one of those guys that just has that belief that he can go out there and be a difference maker. I'm just glad that the entire world and the ones that stuck with him are seeing it in full force. And now, guys, en enjoy the gun show because it is on in Birdland. Yeah, man. Before we move on, I remember, I think it was the Angels game or it was one of the games I went to and just took in and was able to watch. And it was after a strikeout and he threw his bat down. You could tell he was ticked off. And now I don't think you're seeing that. He's playing with so much freedom and so much. There's like all that stuff is behind him. And he's like, all right, I'm the guy. Still early in the season. And we still have a long way to go. But it would not surprise me. And I don't think it would surprise you one little bit. When it's all said and done, Gunnar Henderson is the AL Rookie of the Year. Uh, and that, I, that is not Homer talk either. That is not us being living in Baltimore and watching this guy play. That's how good he is, how good he can be, and the expectations put on him because of how good he is. Yeah, I mean, and we said it earlier, we're, we can go even find that tape. When we did the, the uh, previewing the Orioles season, we talked about this. We said Adley Rutschman, 
stud player. Gunnar Henderson is going to be the rookie of the year. And, and I still hold true with that. And this is the great, just think about this. And I don't like to get caught up in OPS and all these numbers and stuff like that. Gunner, even before all this, was still getting on base at a 343 clip. And his slugging now is continuing. He was walking a up. lot. And so now he's starting to hit home runs. I mean, I really do believe Gunner's going to get over 25. Even after the slower start, I think Gunner pushes to get 30 home runs this year. Wow. I still, I, I'm, I'm staying with it. He's, he's, he's the guy. I'm doubling down. I never got off the bandwagon, so why do it now? Print the posters. I like it. Gunnar Henderson is exuding confidence. I put a Z in his name for some reason. Gunnar Henderson there you go. is exuding confidence. So is Ryan Ripkin on Ripkin Rock right now. I am. And you know who's feeling pretty good after their last outing? How about a little Cole Irvin or Swervin Irvin talk, on talk Instagram? About, talk about a Swervin Irvin confidence booster. And it's so great to see Cole Irvin, such a nice guy. Yeah. And seeing his early struggles to the season, it, it was rough to watch because this guy's brought over from Oakland. He's expected to be an innings eater. That's what he does. Locating pitches is his bread and butter. He comes over and he really struggled. His first outing against the Red Sox, six earned runs. He walked two and he was just bad. It was a very bad outing. Went four innings. Second outing against the Yankees, that second start, four and two thirds, three earned runs. Four walks, very uncharacteristic of him. And Brandon Hyde actually talked about that after this start when he returned against the Royals. He was like, that's uncharacteristic of this guy to not be able to locate his pitches. So after his third start, he made one more appearance out of the bullpen, and then it was done. He got sent down to AAA. Some may have thought, okay, it's, it's a quick trigger because he got you know, brought back up and then sent back down. And it was like kind of a roller coaster back and forth. But for Irvin, seeing him go out against Kansas City, five and a third, one earned, no walks, five Ks, phenomenal outing for him, especially after all he's been through this season to come back up, to do that, smiles all around. And he said it after the game. He's like, basically, this is what I should have been doing all season long. That's more like it is what he said. And he's planning on being with the team the rest of the season. Now we don't know what's going to happen. Hopefully that's the case for him, to be that fifth guy in the rotation that can eat up innings and be the guy who was expected to come over here and eat up innings for this team. Yeah, I mean, and then that's the thing. You don't know how it's going to end up working out regardless because Grayson's going to be back in the mix. You don't know how it's going to be. But for Cole, especially after three outings and you get taken right out of the rotation, I mean, that... That hurts. It really does. And it's almost feel you feel embarrassed. And 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 he'll be the first to tell you he's like, he didn't pitch well. Like he knows that. But still, you feel like you can be mad, you can be frustrated, you can be disappointed. And for him to keep working and to come back up here when you get that next call and the real opportunity. I'm not talking about the one where he came just, you know, came up for that hot, hot minute, pitched a third of an inning. I'm talking about that start. That start right there, his opportunity. We trust you. Here you go again. And he said, I'm gonna make the most of this opportunity, and he did. And that is what you need. I don't care that they're playing the Royals that are one of the worst teams in baseball. I care that the Orioles are having their starters go deeper into games. It doesn't matter which guy goes on the hill right now. And that is what you need. I mean, this whole series, Gibson, Wells, Irving, all pitchers, I believe, went into, I, was, I don't know why I'm second-guessing myself here, 
but all of them went into the sixth inning. That's phenomenal. That like if you can go five plus, keep your team in the game. And yeah, I already knew that. Kyle went six and a third. <laughs> but so, but the point is, you can do that. You're gonna have success. And to see Cole Irving be right back into that equation just makes that all all, all that much better. And regardless of what happens with him, last thing I'll say with that, he's gonna be called upon again. Grace Rodriguez is going to be called upon again. So regardless of how it is, the Orioles are going to need these arms. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home? isn't a total mystery with bite clear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite clear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Yeah, before we get into Grayson and down on the farm, Cole quickly is a guy that you want to root for and a guy that you want to succeed. This is a guy that when he was sent down to Norfolk, he already had a bike giveaway scheduled at one of our local schools. Him and his wife, they were giving back, giving bikes to the community, already jumping into the community their first year here. And that's something you love to see. Kyle Gibson was the one who showed up, not because Cole Irvin didn't want to be here or there was, you know, some sort of saltiness towards the organization that he got sent down. It was because he was starting in Norfolk that night with the Tides. I think they were on the road in Florida, but like, that's the type of guy he is, the type of guy that gives back to the community, the type of guy that you want to see succeed. And uh, shout out to Cole Irvin for, for a phenomenal, uh, I don't know if I want to call it phenomenal, but a great outing and a confidence booster back in his first start since April 13th. Well, you know what? The, the goal is don't allow the other team to score. And, and don't put guys on base by just simply walking them. And he didn't. And for me, that to me, coming back up with all the circumstances, I thought it was a phenomenal start. You can stick to your word. Be convicted. We're talking about confidence, Yeah, rock. it's phenomenal. Be I'm going to say it. it was phenomenal. There you phenomenal. go. Yeah. All right, Rip, we want to get down on the farm? Yeah, let's, let's talk about, about what we saw. Let's hop down to the farm a little bit. We're talking about with a guy that just got promoted in the farm, Heston Kerstad. I think it was his second game in AAA. And this dude, the former number two overall pick of this organization, has an inside-the-park home run. I mean, the center fielder didn't see it, but Heston, for as big as he is, he was moving around the bases. And he got... Got from home to home again quick. Oh, he was hauling. He was yeah. booking. And I mean, he he's just really had a tremendous, tremendous season. And for those that are wondering, on the year, he started in double A and Bowie and now was just recently promoted to triple A Norfolk on the season. He is hitting over 300, 304, 
12 home runs, 62 hits in 204 bats. If that's updated or not, I'm not exactly I sure. Is. I believe it so, is. So the point is for Heston, there's a reason why he went that high. And people can say, and there's a thing in the draft that people don't that might not know of signing under slot value. And, and that means that you, if you sign a player, if they're going to be drafted in the second overall pick like he was, that value slot might have been for $7 million, right? So some teams think, to, how can they sign a guy for under slot value, quote unquote? And people were saying, oh, Heston fits that bill. No, no, no. Heston went second because the Orioles evaluated him as being one of the best, if not the best, pure hitter in the minors. And we forget. In, the, in college. Rip, this guy could already be up in the show if it wasn't for... He developed myocarditis mm-hmm. and missed that entire 2021 season. He had the heart issue, and then he, he couldn't play baseball for a year. And that sets you back mentally and physically. Oh, no doubt. I can't even imagine where he'd be right now if that didn't happen. I, I truly believe that he, he could be up with the Orioles right now at this point in time. I, I think he's going to be up by September. I do. You and said actually, that. You've been true to that. I, you know what? I, why back down? Why back down? I'm not, I'm not, and I'm not trying to sugarcoat or, or blow smoke to anybody. I'm not in it to to get clicks and, and cause up a, a stir. I'm just trying to be real with what I've noticed and what I've seen. And Heston Kerstad checks every single box. And I think, and also, Rock, when I met him, first time I met him during COVID, and when I was at the alternate Humble brag. site. Humble brag. You met him? Oh, sorry. So, Are you done? Yeah, sorry. Oh, yeah. I forgot. Yeah. It's my bad. Yeah. Anyway. You should you should be sorry. <laughs> Throwing me off about to go into something about it deep with Heston. Anyway. Uh sorry. Erroneous. Erroneous. All right, lock it back in, Ryan. Anyway, Heston at the alternate site in 2021 before this we went to Norfolk to start the season. We were in uh the alternate site was was hosted in Bowie. And Heston then came there. And Heston, this was right after all the the procedures and everything getting taken care of. And his workout rock would just be to walk around the field and walk around wow. with a with a trainer. And for me, also, first off, nicest guy. For, when he came up, he's a guy who'd come into the building. If he didn't know you, he came up to you, introduced himself. Hey, I'm Heston. Really nice to meet you. And, and again, like a little thing like that, I love to see that. But then for me to see what he... You know, I think when we hear these conditions with players, sometimes we don't fully understand. And when Heston was coming back, and I remember seeing him struggle, and people were like, oh, well, it's a shame. It's not going to work out. Him, you know, quote unquote, being a bust, you know, early in the draft. When you have something that serious and you don't, and you're not playing, you're not going to come back and be the player you wanted to be right away. And, and you might not at all. You're right, that's a possibility. But for Heston, he needed time to get back to being who he was, and not only did he get back to being who he was, he he might be even better than than what they thought, especially the offensively as a bat. And and I do believe that. I think he can his way to Baltimore when we get to September. And I know there's a lot of good guys. Colton Cowser's having a great year down the farm. Um, Jordan Westberg's tearing it up. Great players. Westberg, different position. Cowser and Kerstad play. You know the outfield. Kerstad, to me, is the best pure hitter in the organization. He's been mashing, man. And I follow MLB Pipeline on Twitter. I get all their notifications. I see him on there a few times. Get the notifications for the Tides, Delmarva, Bowie. And you would always see Heston Kerstad's name pop up. And it would be Heston Kerstad with another home run. It was like, I mean, 
I don't know how many times that's been tweeted, but it's been a lot because this dude can mash and he is a great hitter and he is someone that you will see up here in Baltimore, barring any trades or any crazy moves. He will be in the show and he will be playing for the Orioles. Uh, I would assume in the outfield where they got him right now, we'll have to wait and see, but he is a name to keep an eye on as he continues his climb through the minor league ranks in the Orioles organization. Yeah, he, he really is. It's a name to watch. And, and we talked a little bit, and we'll move on here, but I know everyone wants to hear about what's going on with Grayson Rodriguez. Yeah. Hey, look, Grayson's going to be back up. It's going to happen. He's working things out. And I think that's also with Cole Irvin coming up and having a good start, and people can look at, oh, that might block Grayson. Having pitchers do well is not a bad thing for this Orioles team. Grayson is still the long-term solution for this organization, and he's still young. So it, it helps to take a little bit more pressure off of him. And, and Cole going out there and pitching well allows that. And Grayson down there, yes, sure. Could is there some things that he feels he can probably be better with? But overall, he's been very solid. Grayson has. He had 10 strikeouts the other night for the Tides. Did give up three earned, I believe, and a home run to Franchi Cordero. But he had 28 swings and misses in that game. And that's something that doesn't necessarily always pop up in the box score. It's not ERA or strikeouts or walks or strikes thrown. It's the swings and misses. That was big. To see 28 of them, to be able to do that. Especially when the the knock to Grayson was not being able to put put the guys away and that uh, people were doing damage. Yes, yeah, he gave up the runs and, and Cordero going deep. But it just reminds you, Grayson, his ability, his stuff is plus. And with that being said, he has the ability to be a very, not just effective pitcher, but a very powerful top of the and top of the line starting pitcher in the big league. And they're saying MLB.com put on an article. Those 28 whiffs is the most on file StatCast has recorded in AAA this season in an outing. Seriously. And that's only happened in the majors 38 times since 2008. So what you're saying is that's pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. Well, I think that was a good trip down to the farm there, Rock. And again, a lot of the Orioles, a lot of good players. We could talk about Jordan Westbrook for a long time. We will save that for a different day because you know what time it is now, Rock? Do you have your music yet? Your sponsor? Do, 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 do. Not yet. Um, we're not yeah that sponsors potentially you uh this rips (laughs) tips is about with we're we're talking about with with kids getting going in in sports and when you're younger and you're um starting to find something you love and the tip or the note i want to bring on with with all parents out there to remind them this is where the kids find their passion for it their love for it this is about their time This is about them trying to figure out, yes, you can give them direction. You can be hard on them as far as to help help them build good habits. But this is where you develop the love for the game. When I was a young kid, that's where I I wasn't focusing on all these. I didn't have the social media back then, but all I was focusing on was going out there and playing with my friends, trying to have fun, going through the ups and downs. But that's where it was going out in the field. And I, and I appreciate that my parents gave me that experience. I think nowadays rock sometimes this isn't all parents, so many great parents out there do a great job for their kids, but sometimes parents 
will be a little bit either too hard on their kids or they don't make it about the real re- real reason, which is finding the love for the game. Case in point, Baby Gronk is a social media sensation. Football star, I believe he's like 10 years old, got a huge social media following, but people are beginning to find out, at least this is what I've heard, is that his dad is the one running his social media account, direct messaging people, trying to get his son on. And he basically said that his kid eats salmon and practices football every day of the week. I'm sorry. I just can't really like get behind that and agree with that. Let me ask you this. With your last name, who you are, who your dad is, would, would, do you think that your parents would have been okay if you said, you know what, I don't want to play baseball. I don't want to try this out. I don't want to play this sport. I want to do my own thing. You were a heck of a basketball player as well. But yeah. what, what do you think their response would have been, knowing your parents? Because I know what my parents' response would have been. Probably very similar. They wouldn't have cared. Exactly. Same here. Yeah. And that, that is how, I'll say this. There are things I've wanted to quit before, and there are things that my dad has told me no. And it's not because it was his goal in life or he kind of failed at something and wanted me to do it to kind of live through me because a lot of parents out there do that. And I don't like it, man. If you were a former athlete and you think that, and I'm not, I'm not a parent, so you know what? You could take my advice and throw it out the window. But if you have a child, you're a parent and you maybe had a career cut short due to injury and you're still living in your high school days and we all know someone that is, leave it be. Leave your kid alone with that. Let your kid do what they want and be happy with what they're doing as far as sports and you know, what they want to do go. I'm saying there should be some sort of parenting, and parenting definitely helps. But if your kid is like, I don't want to play baseball anymore, and you could see they're miserable, maybe just take a step back and look at that and say, okay, maybe he doesn't want to do this. But to like, I don't know any kids that ate salmon six days a week or whatever, and we're eating that healthy. Like, I ate McDonald's sometimes, and it was a treat. It was nice to be able to do. I didn't enjoy when I had to eat broccoli. Did you? I hated it. I wanted to throw it out the window, uh, I, uh, but I did it. Yeah. We threw it out the window or ate it? No, I threw it out. The, I mean, I ate it. I wanted to throw it out the window. Okay, fair window enough. window wasn't close enough to my uh, my kitchen table. Ah, fair enough. But but to your point, I think the other part of this whole thing is, to, to wrap up the Rip's tip, is you can get burned out. And, and again, we're talking about the love and passion for it. I've seen, again, I've witnessed it with my some of my own friends, former teammates, where there was pressures that they went through just from from family and they got to a point where the game was no longer what they wanted it to be it's, and it can it can be for a lot of different reasons yep but to your point there are the right moments of saying with your parents not telling you to quit something no and that that's a part of that's a whole other t- different discussion because it's a good quality to to see things through that's a whole different discussion the bigger thing there's a difference between seeing something through and knowing to move on to the yes, next thing. Yes, yes. And that's that's kind of where my dad came in with that. I wanted to quit TV when I was in Dothan, Alabama. He said, you're not coming back here without a job in TV. He didn't. You know, he was never on TV before in his life. It wasn't because of something that 
he wanted to see through for him. It was something because he knew I had the potential to keep going. And he's like, if you come back here, he's like, you are not living in this house without a job in TV. It's like, you went to college for it. You grinded, do your thing. But I wasn't having fun at that point in time, but I know I knew it was going to get better. Kids are supposed to have fun in what they do and what they play. And it's that, in, it's that level of innocence and, and just like enjoying it, play, playing in the grass. T-ball, man. Like I was, I was sitting down playing in the grass. Like my, my parents weren't like making me do drills. Yeah, I would go to the field and field ground balls and it was fun because my dad would go, Rocco, you want to go field ground balls? Yeah, dad, because I love it because I was having fun. Hey, Rocco, you want to hit in the cage? Yeah, because I, he wasn't like, you're coming with me. You're hitting, you're, you know, you're, you're hitting in the cage and you're fielding ground balls and we're going to be here for five hours until I say we're done. It wasn't like that. No, and it shouldn't be like that. No, no. And that's the thing is for anything in life, if you're not passionate about it, and you don't love it, it's going to show at some point. Exactly. And so in that point, it's all about at, at the younger ages, expose them to something because it might be a thing that they love and it could teach them some great, valuable lessons. All of us want Look, every time we're growing up, I think everyone had a, a goal if you played um, sports growing up that you maybe had a dream of, of playing professionally. I think everyone thinks that. The reality is it's extremely hard. It's extremely challenging. But in the process, what happens doing all this, you make so many memories. You learn so much about yourself, values. You know, you, you just, you learn a lot and there's so much more. And that's why sports in general can mean a lot. So for parents, again, let that be. Be the driving force that helps your kid push them in the right direction, but don't be the reason why they feel like that their experiences are going to be hindered. Realize it's it's your kid's dream, not your dream. Let them live out their own dreams. And if you don't know what we're talking about, go watch the Marinovich Project, the 30 for 30, and then you'll realize everything we've been saying will quickly come to life with that. That's perfect. Yeah, and that, That's all we got for talk. Rip's tip of the week. Sponsored by Coming Soon. Uh, so sponsors out there again. It's open. Right, it's open. We're why, trying. why are you laughing? We're at trying. Me? I'm just laughing, man. We're trying. Maybe eventually. Who knows? Anyone out there? Listen, we're taking sponsorship ideas at any point in time. All right. The next thing we want to jump into. So Gunner's home run. It could be iconic for people that were there. I don't know where it ranks as far as Orioles home runs because of the moment it was against the Royals. It was for a sweep, but it was cool. And I'm going to remember it because, I mean, that was a monster blast. And people who walk out on Utah Street are going to remember it as well, especially if they were there because Gunner's going to have, Brandon I didn't know what to call it, whether it was like a plaque, a marker, he was like bamboozled with it, but he's going to have one of those out there. But it brings us to this. We want to talk about our top home runs that we've seen watching baseball, watching the sport, the ones that we remember because, you know, you see Hank Aaron running around the bases when he became the all-time home run king. Um, the two guys alongside him running around the bases with him, cheering him on. You think uh, Kirk Gibson when he hit the home run and he's he's pumping his fist, you know, pumping his arm and how cool that was. But I wasn't alive for that. You weren't alive for that. We only see it on TV. The ones that we remember, the ones that we were alive for, and that stick in our brains every time we think of an iconic home run. Let's go three of them. What were they for you? All right. So I'm gonna. Unfortunately, I'm very sorry, Oriole fans. Um, it, it happened against the Orioles. Josh Hamilton hit four home runs against Baltimore, not in one series, 
in one game. Four home runs against the the Baltimore Orioles, really one of the most uh, iconic feats that you could think about. Um, I will say this, I, just, I, I didn't get a chance to see this in person, but one that sticks into my mind is the first home run after, really is actually after 9-11. And it's again, I'm sorry, it's a New York Yankee. His name's Derek Cheater. I'm sure that a lot of people have heard of him. Mr. November, I think when the clock was just turning past midnight against the Diamondbacks in the World Series, and Jeter hits an opposite field home run to win the game. And it's one of those moments, again, you don't understand what's happening throughout the world. And that moment happens and you're watching, it's in a frenzy. And then you look back and being like, wow. And again, I, I, did, I get it. I watched it on TV. But that was one of those moments where I could sit there and just be like, that that moment was was bigger for so many reasons. That's two for me. What are what are two for you? And I'll hold on to my last one. So the first one that sticks out for me is Bonds' home run to break the record. And here's the reason why. I was waiting on it, waiting on it, waiting on it, because I just wanted to be in front of my TV. I remember I had like a Samsung flip phone and I brought it out for that. And I wasn't at the game. I was down the shore. I was in Ocean City, New Jersey. And I was living with my uncle for the week because I kind of wanted to get my first job. So for the summer, I wanted to make some money. And I was a busboy at Frank's Hamburger Construction down at Ocean City, New Jersey, living with my uncle. Uh, Rest in peace, Uncle John. He was the man. But um, it was such a cool moment because I was there. He was asleep. And he had work the next day. <laughs> he got very upset with me when I screamed in his house. It was hilarious. So that's why I remember it because of that. Had the Samsung flip phone out. He hits one high. He hits one deep. It is gone. And like seeing that and just like, wow, like I just got to witness history and I was watching it on that TV and I was going nuts. I was like, Uncle John, Uncle John, he just did it. He's like, I got work tomorrow. <laughs> I'm like, dude, like I get it. Like here, you know, but old that guy. Funny? That's how you remember those but, moments. Like, I right? remember it. I remember where I was. I was sitting in like that that recliner chair that he had, and I watched that. The second is Aaron Boone's home run. Sorry, we're throwing a lot of Yankees ones out there for you Orioles fans. We apologize, but Aaron Boone's home run in the bottom of the eleventh in Game Seven to send the New York Yankees to the World Series. That one, first of all, it'll go down in history, but. What was on the line, peak rivalry, and for Aaron Boone, of all people to do that, just tank one to left, that was awesome. I'll remember that one, too. What's your third? Uh, well, you know what? I'm gonna st- I-, I have a-, a bonus. The bonus one here, Ortiz's Grand Slam in the ALCS was, or against the Tigers, two outs, bases loaded, first pitch swinging, <laughs> home run. Torrey Hunter, I think, flipped over. The railing yeah, he went, right he went into the bullpen, right? And it was just like, are you kidding me? Big Poppy does it again. I know it's Oriole rivals, and I'm not really going to go into the whole thing about I was too young for this, but the other thing, Derek Jeter, the Jeffrey Mayer play in 96, where he reached over right field and fans, are, all Oriole fans were in a frenzy. Um, Calvin was not happy about that one, uh, and, and I don't blame him. The Yankees ended up winning that game when the series gone to win the World Series. Anyway... The one that I remember as a kid when you're in person and it was like, wow, this is why I really love the game. It wasn't even the Orioles didn't make the playoffs this year. It's during that stretch where they were bad. But at the time, they were in the hunt in like June. They were one of the best teams in June. 
and it went to extra innings. And Brian Roberts, who just called the game here uh, with Kevin Brown, I think, on, on Masson, extra innings, Brian Roberts, first pitch swing and home run down the line and left, and the place was packed against the Yankees, packed, erupted. And I remember, I believe it was 2005, so I'm about like 12 years old, 11, 12 years old, and I'm like, man, this is what Orioles baseball is about. This is awesome, and I hadn't experienced something like that where I can really remember it. So that was that moment in person of like, that's the Orioles magic I heard of. The last one I remember was, and I don't know if I watched this in person, but I definitely remember the highlight afterwards and how emotional it was. I forget if they put the game on ESPN or not. I might have been watching it in person or or streaming it. But when Jose Fernandez passed away, Mm. that first game back for the Miami Marlins, D. Gordon who had like, I don't know how many, I think it was his first home run of the year. Yeah. But he was like great friends with Jose. He was super emotional. I mean, it was just the emotions were running high. And a guy who doesn't hit home runs, I think he had like nine in his career, it says, like leading up to that. I mean, he hits it out. And it was just like watching him around the bases. That's when you're like, all right. Sports are cool, man. Like I just, Chills. I just say sports in general. It's just sports because, like, the emotions you get chills watching, and and like you tear up watching that. <coughs> Sorry, I'm not getting choked up. I'm coughing, <coughs> but my bad. You can get choked up. Pollen. No, it's that's straight up pollen. Okay. Yeah, but that was awesome, and I know that wasn't in a playoff game or in a big game, but that was, that was a big game for them, that team, baseball in general, all eyes were on the Marlins and seeing what they were going to do. And D Gordon capitalized. And that was pretty cool stuff. Yeah, and you know, and he, and he took a pitch in the other batter's box as a right-handed hitter for the first pitch. Yep. And then he went over to the left side and hit it out. And again, it's just that when you say about sports, just there's moments again, where you just like, can't, you can't explain. Can't make it up, man. You really can't not make it up. And now I'm right there with you. That was a moment. Chills. Absolute chills. Hey, good ones. There's plenty of great home runs out there. We're just trying to think of moments that just fit with us. So let us know what your home runs that you guys loved, that you remembered watching or in person that resonated. And like I said, it doesn't have to be the ones that everyone remembers. It's just the ones that truly mattered to you. We got more of that stuff coming. But Rock, I think it's time. We got to jump into this Toronto series, and then we got to hop on out of here. We do, because I have to edit our uh, Sports Unlimited segment and put that up there before. Uh, oh, so it was, you, it was so perfect. You make, so you make air. I know. I don't even. I, I don't know if I even have to cover it with video. Mm. So, yeah, you might have done that, that great of a job tonight. That great. If you yeah. guys are wondering, no, we'll, gonna... uh, you, you watch it. You'll, this, you won't hear it by this time <laughs> this episode airs. But there will be clips online, so check them out. There absolutely will be. All right, so the Orioles, they continue that six-game homestand. Toronto Blue Jays come into town. Much, I wouldn't say a much-needed off day, but it's nice. You get you rest some guys today on Sunday. Adley gets the day off. Batista doesn't have to come in and throw. So some main guys got the day off, and then you get an extra day of rest on Monday, and you're at home so you don't have to travel. So that's good for the Orioles. They're coming into the series against the Blue Jays fresh. And the Blue Jays, they just lost the series to the Minnesota Twins. Uh, the Twins took the first two. The Jays took the last one. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but Manoa just got optioned as well. Down to the far complex. Yeah, league. that's like a... Whew. He, he's really 
not right right now. He's really all out of out of whack, and um, you know it's unfortunate for if you're a Blue Jays fan, and probably not too many people listening to this podcast, but. Uh, you know, especially for the year he had last year, he's one of the best pitchers in all of baseball. With with that being said, the pitching matchups Tuesday it's Bassett against Kramer, Wednesday Barrios and Bradish, Thursday Kikuchi and Wells. I like those matchups. Honestly, for people that don't know, with the uh, Toronto Blue Jays, they actually have a very strong pitching staff. Bassett's pitching very well so far this year. He's got a three two nine ERA. Barrios has been pitching, um, I believe, very well since then. And if I had my notes pop up when they were supposed to, uh, anyway, same similar thing. I, yeah, there it is. Three six one ERA on the year, and he seems to be. These guys are picking it up, especially now that Manoa hasn't been going. And last start, Barrios was very good. Actually, his last two starts, six innings and back to back starts, two runs. Last one, one before. Um, actually. His last four starts have been really good. I'm just way all over the place. It's late, late filming this. My so brain I apologize. Is right now, so scrambled, I understand. Yeah, scrambled. Yeah. But the point is, this Blue Jays team they're they're very solid. They've won seven to ten, and they're you don't think that they forgot they got swept up in Toronto Rock. It means something to them, but also for the Orioles, it's another way to distance yourself and and show them. Uh, that you that you guys are are the team to be reckoned with this year. Two big series coming up for the O's. I'm, I mean, I'm just saying. Oh, oh for sure. Was that all you're going to say? Yeah, my yeah. brain scrambled. I can tell you're looking. Then they, at, to, yeah. they, then they go to Wrigley. Yeah, they go to Wrigley and then they come back and play. The Cubs Tampa. aren't that good, but then they go to Wrigley, and I'm just saying, like, it's it's a tough place to win ball games. Or yeah, they, they go Cubs and they go to Tampa. I'm sorry, and Tampa Bay is the the best team in baseball. We'll cover that. Um, you know, we'll touch on that subject next week. But, but again, the Orioles right now, it, this is these series coming up. You need to win your divisional games. You yeah. have to. And what else is good? If I were a betting man, which I'm not, I would sprinkle some potentially on Ryan Mountcastle to hit a home run in one of these three games because he has just terrorized the Blue Jays over his career. Oh, I hope that illness. They, they must hate him there in Toronto. I hope that that illness is better and i feel for mounty i know he's got a lot of thoughts going through his head and you hope to get him back because even though the people have been I, on him he, he still is an x-factor type of player. this is where he gets out of that slump is that rock shot is, is rock, calling rock a shot? shot do i have a yeah i'm calling i'm calling my shot this is where mount castle has his gunner henderson-esque break out of the slump have a great series against the blue jays maybe he'll come down with like a home run flu I hope his illness isn't serious. I'm not making jokes about that, but that's, you know, a little play on words there, I guess. Oh, oh for sure. And, and again, we, he could very well be sick. I know I had some people telling me when I did some other stuff on, on radio, well, is he really sick? Well, yeah, we really don't know. But regardless of it, you hope when he's healthy and he's feeling right, he gets back on track. And you heard it here first, everyone. Rock shot. He's calling it Mountie's bouncing back against the Blue Jays. Mountie will bounce back and he'll have at least one home run against the Blue Jays in this series. Woo! Oh, uh, fire me up. I'm I like calling it. it. Calling it like Babe Ruth. I'm pointing pointing out to uh, right, left field. Which... Well, you're pointing out to a board and a fan in here. Ask stupid questions. That's what it says right there. That literally is what it says. <laughs> well, okay. I think we, we need to get out of here because we are just, <laughs> that, that last five minutes was all over the just, place. Point Chaos, being, havoc, everything. Big series coming up. If you can, you're in Baltimore. Go check it out. 
Um, Rock, uh, you're better at this than I am, but we're we're on all the podcast platforms. Rick and Rock, I that you can listen to it on. Let me see if I can do this right. This Come time. on, uh, Spotify, Apple, Amazon, wherever you get your podcast. Wow. Sound like a natural right, right there. Boom! And wherever you get your podcast, we will have the links on our bios, which will be on Twitter and Instagram. They're both, I believe, on Twitter. It's Rocco to Sang at Rocco to Sangro. At Ryan Ripkin, am I right so far? Yep. On Instagram, I think you're R DeSangro. I am. And I'm at Ryan Ripkin. We stay the same there. Sorry yeah. about that. Except someone bought out my name for a website. That's a, That can be for a different topic. They can't get RyanRipkin.com or .net or .org. Um, How many Ryan Ripkins are there in this world? Well, apparently enough where people want to buy the website. Regardless, check us out there. Like, subscribe review rate all of it but the biggest thing is we want your feedback because that's what's going to drive this rock yeah absolutely and we're hoping in the near future we said it last week we'll say it again this week we're trying to get a guest on very very soon tweet us let us know your thoughts hit us up on instagram who do you guys want it to be who do you think we should bring on uh, we'll have more information about that as we get closer to bringing someone on and hopefully that, that is very soon can't just be us talking the whole time, you know. Yeah, it can't. And I, I have, I got a few people that I think that we could talk to, Rock. But in the meantime, guys, again, what you guys want, that's what we want to bring to you. So that's all I got. I'm gonna sign off, and Rocco, you can close this out. Should I just keep talking for the next three hours? Oh, if you want, I'm putting down the mic here. Okay. So have you, you have gotta, a great you night, go. everyone. You enjoy <laughs> your week, and I'll see you next week for Rickman Rock. I uh, appreciate you guys for tuning in for episode six. Download, like, subscribe. Every Monday we drop new episodes. See you next week. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.